farmer's preaching time. Songs have been song gifts have been given. Now, Lord, we need a word from on high. Lord, we ask that you allow them to see your image upon me, hear your voice through me. Let me decrease so that you can increase. Hide me behind this sacred desk. Lord, let this word fall on fertile soil and disrupt stony ground. Now, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord. I praise you, give you all glory and adoration because you're my strength. And Lord, I'm in love with you because you're my redeemer. And the household of faith said, Amen. Come on, let's give God one more round of applause. Certainly we celebrate him for who he is and what he is in our lives. Today is a good day to be here. Today is a good day to be here and know that you are here. Do me one favor. Just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm glad to be here. No, that neighbor ain't even look, ain't even smiling. Make them smile underneath the mask. Tell them, neighbor, smile with your eyes. I'm glad to be here. Amen, amen, amen. Certainly before I get to my text, I want to say a couple of things. I want you to, let's give Sierra a hand. She is running sound today. Amen. I want to acknowledge her for stepping in. Brother Will is out. He has trained her uh, effectively and efficiently, and I appreciate her uh, doing what she is doing. She could have been somewhere else, but thank God for a righteous mama. Amen, amen, amen. And certainly we're grateful for you, our father's children. Uh, real quick, I just want to remind you, uh, don't take it personal when the ushers are doing their job. Uh, we are practicing social distancing um, uh, if you are a family, they have you sit together. But if you're not a family, it's normally three people to a pew. Wherever the towels are, you cannot sit. Now, we love the fact that the house is filling back up. People are getting more comfortable, but we still have to follow the rules. Uh, the Bible tells us we must learn to follow the laws of the land. So we're trying to follow what CDC says. And if you all know our two nurses, they are worse than CDC. And so we don't want them to hurt us. We don't want them to have to pull out the, the SED pads and prep us back into, pop us back into shape. Amen. Amen. So please, ma'am, please start governing yourselves accordingly. Uh, no one is trying to hurt your feelings. Uh, we'll be back where we normally would be soon. Amen. Amen. I believe that. I do understand that. And I am praying for that because uh, this COVID has placed some people in lethargic mindsets and so now we have to get back to business as usual back to the foundation uh, granny used to tell me if you don't remember you got to learn so then when you learn you'll remember amen so we're thankful for that all right with your books of life your manuals of life turn with me to the gospel according to saint mark chapter eight saint mark chapter eight i promise i won't be before you long i'm trying to get a second win uh, asking God to restore me physically and spiritually. But St. Mark chapter 8, uh, starting at verse 22, if you're able to stand, please stand in respect and reverence to the word of God. 
If you're on chapter 8, verse 22, say amen. If you're still looking, shout out Bible study. We got a room for you on social media and at the church. Amen. Amen. And it reads, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and he besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands upon him and upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clarity, clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to anyone in the town. The word of God is blessed. You may be seated in the house of God. If I could get about 27 of your minutes of your time to help me preach on the subject, the topic, see me through this. See me through this. See me through this. Lord, see me through this. There was a man and his wife who were victims to Hurricane Katrina. They had lost, or they were relocated because of the hurricane. They were allowed to go back after the hurricane was over to see if they could salvage any of their personal belongings. When they arrived to the house, they noticed the water was still knee deep. The man began to wade in the water looking for things that he could salvage and all he saw was a few pitchers floating in the water few pictures and picture frames. As he grabbed them, he saw nothing else was salvageable. He and his wife returned back to the shelter. And when they got to the shelter, he took the pictures out of the frame so that they could dry. Lo and behold, as he pulled the pictures out of the frame, there was a wad of money that fell before his feet. As he began to look at the pictures, he was astonished because his father had died in 1942 and the money was inside of the picture frames all that time. So as he got the money, he dried the money off and he began to count and he was astonished that it was the amount of $366. As he ran to his wife, he told his wife, he said, the pictures that we found were pictures of my father. And you know how we were trying to get to Atlanta but could not get the money that we need. When I opened up the frame, the pictures fell and money fell from the pictures in the amount of $366. 
His wife looked at him and said, baby, did you not know that was the exact amount we needed to make it to our next destination? And I was wondering if there's anybody here that can just testify that when times seemed to be messed up, your back was against the wall, the world was against you, you didn't know whether you was going or coming, you were trying to find out which way you needed to go, you were praying and it seemed like your prayers was not being answered, you were reaching out, your resources was not responding, you were on your knees trying to get an answer, but God, I'm preaching and you ain't saying nothing already. I wouldn't say anybody here that can testify and say, Reverend, I needed some strength. I took all I could. I took a five-hour drink. I drank a Pepsi. I ate a Snicker. I even drank a Mountain Dew, but yet I didn't get the energy. But when I gave it to Jesus, he was able to see me through my circumstance. Uh, yeah, so here we are in this text. In this text, uh, we see uh, John Mark, who, who was not one of God's disciples. He was a, one that accompanied Paul in his missionary uh, journey. He gives us this description of Jesus as Jesus is doing what he do best. Jesus had arrived to Bethsaida, and, and there was something about when Jesus comes. I find it often uh, unique and electrifying to know that when Jesus comes, the needy comes first. Uh, the text says, and they brought a man that was blind to him. The needy comes first. And it is, should be something to be for us as saints to realize that you are needy. Y'all didn't hear me this morning. Let me say it again. You should be glad that you are needy. Why? Because it was because of your needs God saw you first. I know somebody might have been in line waiting to get food. Your name ended with Z. But because you were there first, they decided to serve you. You got up early before everybody got to church. You came in. And when you came in, you felt the spirit first. Sometimes it's good to accept the fact that you are needy. Yeah, so, so, so here it is that the, the needy comes first. The text says that they brought the blind man and they begged him to touch. Now, ain't it something how people can always reach out to God on your behalf? You missed the text. The text says, and they begged him to touch the man. But notice the man did not ask God for anything. You just missed that. It's weird how people can look in on your praise, look in on your problems, look in on your situation and tell you what you need. But there ought to be at least three people that can testify. There's only been a few times when someone actually knew exactly what I needed. I mean, mama and them prayed for me. The deacons prayed for me. The pastor prayed for me. Auntie and uncles prayed for me. They knew exactly because I told them. But but ain't it funny how people can look in on your praise and tell you how and when you should come to God, how your condition should be when you come to him. But last I checked, the Bible says, let whosoever will come. So that means I can come when I'm ready to come. But I thank God that there's some prayer warriors in my life. Mama prayed for me and had me on her mind. Took a little time out to pray for a little rascal like me. Yeah, yeah. People often try to look in on what you need. Uh, the Bible says he, they begged him to touch, touch him. And listen, had it not been for the fact 
And this is what we should really come to grips with. Had it not been for the fact that you were needy, you wouldn't have came out of your situation. Y'all, I wish I had some people that then decided to get up this morning and say, Lord, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. I, I'm standing in the need of prayer. Not, not mama, not my daddy, not my sister. It's me standing in the need of prayer. How many know when you come to the Lord, how many know God could do two things? He'll show up and he'll show up. I wish I had somebody to testify with me and say, Reverend, I remember a time when I was down and out, but I decided to come to the Lord all by myself. And when I came, I found out there's no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do it for you. Uh, yeah. As, uh, as John Mark gives us this description and tells us how needy people always seem to come first and people seem to beg and, and, and talk on your behalf. He shows us, watch this, when Jesus comes on the scene, everything changes. Now watch this. They knew Jesus before he arrived. If you read your Bible, you'll notice that Jesus had took a little short journey trying to get back to Galilee. He had just came through Decapolis and he had just came through Malnutha. And now he has come to this place and watch this. These few towns were within 25 mile radius of each other. And you do know how people gossip. You do know how people get on the telephone. They call it the telephone. People do get on the telephone and start talking about stuff that they want somebody else. Y'all looking at me like you don't get on your phone and talk on a daily basis. Some folk make Facebook their life. And some folks should be testifying that I was glad when they told me about him before he arrived because I knew when he came, things would change. Was it not Moses in Exodus 33 that said when Jesus come, he gives you rest. It was Matthew 18. He said, when Jesus come, he's in the midst. First John said, when Jesus come, there's love. Genesis 28 said, he'll be a keeper when he comes. Psalm 18 says, he'll bring joy. Revelation 21 said, when Jesus come, he's a dwelling place. Psalm 23 said, he'll be a comforter. But them said, when Jesus come, things got to change. When Jesus come, the dead in Christ shall rise fire. Something. Something changes when Jesus comes. Look at somebody and say, he's going to change some stuff. He's changing. And listen, truth be told, some folk don't come to church looking for Jesus. And here it is. Jesus saying, I've let some things happen in your life so that you can recognize that I'll be on my way. Because I noticed something about Jesus. This this is what I found out about Jesus. He only comes around when it's chaotic. Jesus always shows his presence when it's something chaotic taking place. I wish I just had somebody could just slip their hand on the back of the pew and just say that. I know what you mean about saying it's chaotic because there's been some chaotic things in my life. I was messed up from the flow up. I was a drunken drunk. I was an alcoholic. I was a gambler. I was a whoremonger. I was a liar. I was a tester liar. I was a backslider. But when Jesus 
came. It was chaotic and he changed some stuff. I wish I had some redeemed folk that can just really want to testify and stand to your feet and say, Reverend, that was me. I was messed up. My name was Johnny the drunk. Now I'm Deacon John because when Jesus came, it was chaotic and he changed every chaotic situation. Yeah, he, he changed. I, I, I'm in Bible country now. I know some folk can really testify that I'm glad that I'm redeemed. I was bought with a, with a price. And, and, and listen, let me tell you something. Some folk just don't know how valuable you are in the kingdom. Yeah, when Jesus came, they knew who he was. And, and listen... Listen, when, 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 when Jesus would come, something had to change. This town of Bethsaida was what they call an impotent city. Uh, Matthew 11, Jesus called them the impotent city. They were people that were doubters. They were people that questioned God. They were people that were troubled by the works of God. But most importantly, they were impotent. Uh, that means they were useless in some folks' eyes. And I've discovered this. This is fresh right off the press. Some folk don't realize that the church is only as good as its useless people. Uh, let me. The very one that you snarl down on the worst is the one that God will use to bless the church. You just missed your shout. Some folk know you came in messed up. Your cup was empty. Your clothes was raggedy. Your mind wasn't on Jesus. But when God got done with you, it was something on the pew that you were sitting on. It was something through the door when you walked through. In fact, the people started running to sit by because they saw the fire that was on the inside. I believe it was Jeremiah said, it's just like fire. Shut up in my bones. Why? Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus, I'm preaching and you ain't saying nothing. And all the things that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. <sighs> yeah, you, you, yeah, he, 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 he makes something happen in your life. And some folk don't realize that the useless people can be used in the kingdom. And, and, and I really discovered this, Reverend Hammond. God has made his best ministry out of useless people. I, I recall Paul being useless at one time before he found the Lord. I I remember King David being useless one time. I remember uh, uh, John the Baptist appearing to be useless even though he paved the way for Jesus to come. But I remember Judas even being useless, but God still used him to make an example. Some of y'all done hung up on me. Well, I know we got a lot of Judases. God even used Peter. I know we got a whole plethora of Peters in the house. And somebody can really shout that God decided to use a useless rag, look for nothing, no good, to make you. He went from riches to rags to make you go from rags to riches. It was his amazing grace, how sweet it sound, that saved the wretch. Like, I guess ain't nobody messed up like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I thank God I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, he, he, he uses some of the useless people to make his ministry. Listen, listen, if the church want to be effective, this is free. 
spirit. If the church want to be effective, stop trying to cash in on your value. Stop, stop trying to cash in on your value. Let me get a little deeper. Uh, stop cashing in on your value, fighting for a position. I, I know, I, I know they, they don't like that. And, and listen, listen, can I get a little deeper? Can I cut some ends off? Stop trying to uh, 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 count your value to stand a click. Because notice what happened. The text says, and he took the man by his hand. I found out when you're asking God to see you through some stuff, God will take you from some tainted environments. Uh, yeah, that's a shout right there. He took the man from a tainted environment when they had been so used to doubting God and his ability, doubting the people that were in the place. God decided when he came to remove him from a tainted environment. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he took me from some messed up places. I'm glad he pulled me from some pits. He pulled me from some hellish places and moved me from around some hellish people because that was a time when I thought I was going to lose my mind up in here up in here but I thank God that he saw enough in me to pull me out of the pits of hell and put me on straight street he put my feet out of the mud and put it on the solid ground ah, yeah yeah he, he, he pulls he pulls him from some tainted environment and, and I believe J. Iris is knocking at the door. Jairus, y'all know the preacher Jairus. He was struggling. Jairus went to the Lord and said, I need you to help me with my daughter. I need you. She, she, watch this, she lies at the point of death. And the Bible says as he was with Jairus, distraction came because the people were all around him. And while he was on his way, there was a woman that touched the hem of the H-I-M. And Jesus stopped and said, somebody took the virtue. Who was that woman? Watch this. You got to be glad that God will move you from some chaotic situations because you got spectators in your life that don't want to see you be healed. But can I get somebody that can testify and said it wasn't until I came to the crosses when I found the Lord. At the cross, at the cross is where I first found the Lord and all of my burdens rolled away. Yeah, you, you, he took me from some tainted environments. Brother Earl, he, he took me from some messed up places. And watch this, I still had to trust him in delays. Now, he took me from some places. I, I, I wish somebody can really just, just really uh, uh, get naked with me. Watch this. Remember where you came from. What you used to do. I mean, I, I said it this morning. Ain't no shame in my game. I, Friday was the night. Crown Royal was the drink. Three joints was on the table. And the plethora of women while I was chasing. Now y'all done hung up on me. And listen, now that he's changed my life, Friday is the night. 
because that's crucifixion Friday, but I know if I can just hang on to resurrection Sunday, Saturday won't even exist. And some folk need to really be thankful that God didn't let you stay there Thursday, but he moved you to Friday. He didn't let you stay there from Friday. He moved you to Saturday. And how many know God is always in the blessing business on Sunday? <sighs> Look at somebody and say, do you remember? Yeah, do. Do you remember? Ah, some of you, don't, don't, don't tell the truth now. Don't, 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 don't tell the truth. Ah, can I just stay in the remembering stage? I mean, do you remember the time where you felt so lost, lonely, and despondent, and it seemed like even your prayers was not going through? God then began to work on you to let you know that I hear you, but you're not ready yet. And some folk I can really testify that I'm glad that he didn't pull me out too early. I mean, we got a lot of people in Jonah's belly, in the belly of the fish like Jonah. We got a lot of people that can say I've testified and can really tell you I've experienced some moments when I was ready, but God said no. Songwriter says, when Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. But we have to realize, you can't tell God when to move. You have to wait until he say it's time. And watch this. Had God pulled me out of what he pulled me out of too early, this going to shout somebody, I'll be back on the wheel. Right back on the wheel. But David says in Psalm 40, he says, he lifted me out of a slimy pit. He said he brought me to a point where even my enemies couldn't trample over me anymore. Lazarus said he brought me up from the dead. My sisters was mad, but God bless me. I'm still alive. And in trusting God, you have to understand, you should be grateful for your Jonah moment because there will be a time where God will spit you up and birth you out. He's taking us from some places of tainted environment. You want to think it's your spirit that's pulling you from the people that's hating on you at your job. It was the spirit of God that removed you out the cafeteria. You want to think that you're moving out of the neighborhood because you got more money. It was the spirit of God because the neighborhood is full of snakes. You want to wonder why the coronavirus is so deadly. It's because God is trying to separate the right from the wrong. Some folks should be glad that God moved from tainted environments. <sighs> I'm just going to drop these couple nuggets in your lap and I'm going to get out your way. The first thing I saw in the text when I was reading the text, when I asked God to see me through this, the first thing I saw was you got to trust him in turmoil. You have to learn to trust him in turmoil because here it is. Not only did the man have his own personal turmoil because he was blind, but then watch this. He had turmoil because he was always surrounded around doubters. Notice God had removed him from the area, but yet he still had to trust God because watch this. Wherever Jesus went, trouble went. Wherever Jesus went, trouble went. And you think that because you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, trouble won't come at your door. 
Keep, keep, keep living. Watch this. God knew that if he could get him alone, he can get his attention for the treatment that he needed so that it could be well received. How many times have God pulled you away to give you some type of special treatment? Because here it is, some things people have to understand. What God has for you is for you. But watch this, I'm going to give you one even better. The treatment that God has in store for you might be gross to some folk, but it's your story for your glory. You just missed that. They don't understand why you had to lose your house, but God said, I'm moving you to a bigger house. They don't understand why you didn't cry when the job was about giving furloughs. God said, I'm going to bless you with a furlough, unemployment, and a part-time job. They don't understand what looked gross to them was glory to your story. Somebody should be testifying that, listen, the doctor gave up on me some time ago, said I had cancer, stage one, two, three, and four. But God said, I'm still going to live. Look gross to you, but it's my glory. Somebody can say, Reverend, I ain't always had steak and eggs. I used to eat Spam for breakfast, drink powdered milk, but God now gives me steak and eggs whenever I want to. It was gross back then, but it's glory now. I wish I had somebody that can testify and say, I'm glad that I trusted him in my turmoil while on my job, in the church, even at the school. I'm trusting him even at the doctor's office when the ex Rays don't look good. You have to trust him in your turmoil. And understand, listen, the text says, watch this. The text says, and when he had spit, he couldn't do it until he got his attention. Had he spit on the man in front of the people, the man would have stayed in the condition that he was in. You, you missed that. You, you just missed that. Some folk don't realize, had God done it around somebody else, you would have lost your focus. Uh, come, come, come on with me. Uh, come, come on with me. Talk to me real quick. Some folk really, 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 really can testify that it was God that let you see your way through. But had you stayed around some of them fake, phony, fictitious friends that you had, you would have been lost. You ain't with me. Okay. Somebody can say it was God that pulled me out of that messed up, busted up relationship. Had I stayed, I really would have lost everything. Half on my finances, half on my pension, half on my retirement. I would have lost everything. But God did it. He, he, he said, and he spit. He had to spit on him. Now, here was the custom. They believed, the Jewish rabbis believed that whenever spit was used, that was the medicine for blindness. But the doubters would rather see God work with his hands. Watch this. They thought they said that the spit was the medicine for blindness. But the doubters wanted to see him use his hands. You tracking with me? Watch this. 
You have to let God speak over your life and stop worrying about the people that want to see you be chastised. Y'all just missed that. He'll speak over your life. He don't have to be in your house. He can speak it from a mile away. But there are some people that love to see you be chastised. But how many know when you live and serve God, you got a double negative. He can speak and touch at the same time. It don't matter what I've been through, what I look like, how I feel. If God speaking, it's going to happen. When he touches it, it shall be done. And some folks so focused on people watching God whip you, you ought to just be glad he's speaking over you. He didn't realize. But the second thing in the text I saw was you have to learn that, 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 that trust requires you to track him when you can't trace him. Text says, after he... He touched the man. He spit on the man. It said he looked up. He told him, he said, look up. And the man said, I see men that look like trees. Now, I was in the office before I came back out here. And I was looking at some stuff because I didn't get to finish 8 o'clock. But I was looking at this again. And I said, well, if he saw the trees... He was looking better, seeing better than what he was before the trees. So why did God ask him to look again? Or why did he even tell him to look and ask him what he saw? He knew who he was. The man had to obviously understand who he was. But yet God still asked him, what did you see? He said, I see men that look like trees. This is what I saw in that. No matter how much you trust God, it's going to always be somebody blocking you. That, that, that was new because here it is. Trees cover a multitude of radius and areas. And sometimes what a tree does, it fools you with a shade. Little tree will have you to think that it's big until you get up on it. You just missed that. Some folk ought to be glad that God let you see just the shadow. And when you got up on it, you realized it wasn't as big as it looked like. And some folks should be really testifying because, Reverend, I've been through some stuff. It didn't look like what it seemed like. And when God got done with it, it wasn't what it was. In fact, I'm glad that when I went to the doctor, the spot they saw six months ago ain't even there no more. It looked big last week, but it ain't there no more. I'm so glad that God don't let me see it the way it looks like. He let me believe how it's going to be. He says, he said, I, I see the men, they look like trees. You, you have to still look for them even though you can't trace them. I like to say I'm a young fella, but I got an old soul. And coming up when I was a little boy, Brother Piper, Granny and them used to have us in church eight days a week. And when we was there, I, I, I never understood how they could shout and rejoice. It wasn't nothing in the house. I didn't even understand how they could be speaking in tongues and running around the church. Uh, 
Can I just say it like I feel? Making the church sweat, smell like wet peanuts. Because we didn't have air conditioning. See, see, some of y'all lucky. We fortunate. We didn't have true heating systems. We had the old what they call the bullet. They used to sit in the middle of the aisle. You cut it on, put kerosene in it. And if you stood in front of it, everything in front of you will melt. But, but they used to... They used to rejoice in such a manner that as a young lad, I didn't understand. She used to say, you know what? God was really in the house today. And I sometimes would go and I would get a little courage every now and again. Because one thing about my upbringing, you didn't challenge a person about God or you got your teeth slapped down your throat. Maybe that's what we're missing today. <clears throat> but, but I used to say, Granny. How is it that you, 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 you say you, he was in the house? I didn't see nobody. She said, well, boy, if you know him like I know him, he may not be here, but I can feel his presence every now and again. And every now and again, if I could just, couldn't say nothing, they said, I would just wave my hand. That let me know, that let the preacher know he was in the house. And I wonder, is there anybody here that ever just sat there and just felt his presence? You didn't have to tell nobody nothing. You didn't have to say nothing. You just decided to lift up your hands and said, oh God, I feel you in this place. In your car, driving, listening to your music, you felt his presence and you wasn't even there at the live concert. But how many know when you come to the house of God, it should be a real church because he says, they that worship him should worship him in spirit and in truth so if I came in empty at least I should be able to feel his presence hmm. and so you must still look for him even though watch this you haven't found him yet I want to drop that off to those that haven't given their life to the Lord you can still find the Lord you still trace him even though you haven't really given your life to him. And listen, David says in Psalm 63, while he was in the wilderness of Judah, the Lord found him. He was trying to track him. He said, we must learn to track and trace him, even though we can't find him in the wilderness. Because watch this, it was God that carried you through the wilderness. The songwriter used to sing, tell me, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Y'all remember that song? They said, it made my feet be a little light and my hands start clapping, my eyes start crying, I start running and wasn't nobody chasing me. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Did you feel all right? Did you touch and did you agree with the spirit? And did God change your life? Notice, 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 notice the blind man never lost traction when he was with God. He began to trust, stay with God. He trusted God. God told him to look. He saw the trees. He never lost traction when he didn't get what he wanted. He stayed with God, and God then touched him again. And the Bible says when he touched him the second time, he saw clearer. The text says clearly. He saw clearly. And some things in life have to come in a process because if God lets you see it too early, you're going to mess it up. You know I'm talking the right talk. Some folk can shout because God didn't let you mess up 
the stuff that he was trying to give you. In fact, he made you wait, and you learned how to wait. In fact, some folk felt like Job. You felt like you were dying and couldn't be born again. But then the Spirit came over you and said, all the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait until my change comes. I wish I had three that can stand up. And I'll be for that. I can say, Reverend, when I waited, I found out I was better off. When I waited, I got more than what I was asking for. When I waited, I realized that God had something special for me. Look at somebody say, you got to wait. You, you, you can't hurry God. No matter how long it takes got to you got to trust them and give them time <sighs> yeah you got to learn to wait on them because some things are designed for you to go through a second dose and I, I've discovered that every time God is trying to pull me through something watch this he makes sure that I don't forget it the second time around I, I'm gonna get out your way I'm, I'm so, in the text, John Mark gives us just description after God had touched and helped the Greek woman's faith, after he helped a deaf man, he fed 4,000, showed the Pharisees a sign. He healed this blind man. Trust will allow you to see clearer. Because the Bible says in the text that he touched them the second time. And he saw clearer. Yeah, that's, that's it, Earl. Well, it reminds me of a young lady that had just got her driver's license. She was driving her father in the car. And while she was driving, a storm came. And this storm began to mess up all visibility. This young lady, she was with her daddy and she looked over to her father. She said, Daddy, the storm is getting worse. Daddy told her, he said, keep your hand on the steering wheel and keep on looking forward. This young girl continued to drive and she noticed that semis and other vehicles had started pulling over to the side of the road. She looked at her daddy. She said, Daddy, this storm seems to be 
getting a little worse. They're pulling over in big trucks. They're pulling over in little cars. She said, Daddy, what am I, what am I going to do? Yeah, Malone. And Daddy said, keep your hand on the steering wheel and keep looking forward. Are you praying with me today? This young girl continued to drive. And as she was driving, she put a license on the dashboard. Daddy looked at her. He said, what are you doing that for? She said, well, I want somebody to know it was me if we have a car accident. He said, baby, keep your hand on the steering wheel and keep looking forward. Are you praying with me this morning? This young girl continued to drive and she moved her windshield wipers to move fast. She looked at her daddy and he just told her, he said, put your hand on the steering wheel and keep looking forward. Y'all don't hear me this morning. She said, Daddy, he said, you heard what I said. Uh, she continued to drive. And after a little while, the rain stopped falling. The hail stopped dropping. Daddy told her, he said, pull over. I want to show you something real quick. The girl pulled over the car. She got out of the car. And Daddy walked to the back of the car. He said, I want you to look back behind the car. You see those people that stuck in the storm. Had you stopped, you would still be in the storm. She said, what you saying, Daddy? He said, had you took your hand off the steering wheel, had you stopped looking for Jesus, you'll still be stuck in the storm. He said, but because you put your hand on the steering wheel, you kept looking forward. He said, did God bring you through the storm? And I'm trying to ask somebody today, didn't the Lord bring you through the storm and the rain? Is there anybody here that can testify and say, Reverend, I've been in a storm and rain. Let's roll, Earl. And I can't give up on God now because while in the storm and the rain, God, he stopped by and he put his hands upon me. Can I get somebody that can testify and say, Reverend, I've been through the storm and rain, but I refuse to turn on the loss. I've had some bad days. I've had some good days, but I won't complain. Why? Because God, he still got his hands on me. Why? Because God, he saw me through it all. Can I get somebody that'll celebrate with me that can say, Reverend, I had a migraine. I kept seeking God. Didn't know which way to turn, but I gave it to Jesus. And he made a way. Won't he make a way? Can somebody testify and agree with me? These problems that I had, I just couldn't sing the song. I prayed and I prayed, just wondering how long. But I stopped worrying about it. I stopped crying about it. I stopped lying about it. 
turned it over to Jesus. And how many know God will, God will, God will see you through? Is there anybody here got any rivers that you seem uncrossable? Anybody got any mountains that seem too hard to crawl? How many know God will, won't he see it through? Anybody know that God will? Let me tell you what he'll do like he did one Friday. He went on the cross. They called Calvary. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He died. Didn't he die? The record records. He hung there from the sixth to the ninth hour. The blood just died from the moon. The sun refused to shine. The Roman soldier pissed him in his side. Record records. He died before lunch. He was buried before dinner. But God, early, early, Sunday morning, he got up with power in heaven and earth in the palm of his hand. What am I saying? Let God come in your blindness. Let him touch you. Let him heal you. And how many know weeping may endure for a night, but joy, that joy is going to come in the morning. Do me one favor. Just look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, tell them, neighbor, be not dismayed. Whatever betimes, God will, God will, God will take care of you. Do me one more favor, and I'm going to get out of your way so we can take communion. If you would, please help me close this thing. Stand to your feet. Put your hand on your hip. Let your backbone slip. And say, when I look back over my life and think about the things that God had blessed me with, he brought me over. He pulled me through. I got a question I want to ask you. Ain't he all right? Have you tried him and know he's all right? Do me one more favor. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor, oh, neighbor, I want you to know that I didn't look this good 10 years ago. I didn't look this good. Five weeks ago, I didn't look this good just last night. But it's three things that I know about the law. How many know three things that I know about the law? One is, he's been good. Two, he has been good. Three, he's been good to me. I wasn't supposed to look this good, but I thank God he pulled me out of the pits of hell and gave me another chance. Is there anybody here that's going to praise him because he pulled you through? Is there anybody here that got a shout in your spirit because he pulled you through? Anybody got a praise that's on your lips? Thanksgiving in your heart that can say, I remember 
when I was, but I thank God I ain't what I used to be. Mean things you say might make me feel bad. I can't miss a friend that I never had. As long as I got Jesus, that's enough. How many know he is? He is enough. Do me one more favor and just look at another neighbor and tell your neighbor trouble won't last always he will he will pull you through ain't it good to know the Lord ain't it good to know you got a savior that'll walk with you granny say when he touched you you become Andy they call him Andy Andy walks with me Andy talks with me and he tells me I am his own anybody say yes ain't he alright have you tried him do you know him has he been good do me one more favor on the count of three I want you to give him your good praise on the count of three I want you to give him something like he really pulled you through. Are you ready? One, two, three. Anybody gonna praise him? Somebody should be shouting because he pulled you out of debt. Somebody should be shouting because the doctors gave up on you. But God still was in the blessing business. Somebody should be shouting because I walked out from my job. But yet he still covered me. Do me one more favor. Just put your hand on your head and say, I thank God that he will, he will, he will take care of you. him with a big hand clap of praise.
Somebody dealing with something now, you wish the Lord to see you through it. You waiting for it to happen early, but you got to praise before it happens. With expectation. my praise there's a story behind my praise you don't know what I've been through but there's a story Behind my praise, we extend to you the right hand of fellowship. If you're looking for a church, 